0: I'm glad you're, you're in this because I wanna to talk to you about something that has a bit of seriousness to it. Uh, so, so if you have a Bible, access to a Bible of any sort, whether it's a device or the paper version, I want you to go to a place called Acts 2. If you're new to that, open up your Bible in the middle, turn to the right, you'll find a place called Acts chapter 2. I promise you I will get there. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you I'll get you. But, but it's, it's gonna take a minute. Uh, while you're turning there, or, or maybe you're just like, I'm not gonna turn there, I'm just gonna wait for David to show it up on the screen. Uh, I, I want to tell you a couple stories that help us get to where we need to go. First one was this. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, some would call it a holy terror. I wasn't even that, I was a terror. Uh, I grew up as a, as a pastor's kid, and if you are familiar with Pastor's kid, there's a, kids, there's a bit of a, a reputation, whatever, that, that I justifiably earned. Uh, and, and here, here's what it was. is I would show up to church and I would hear very often, um, "Hey, David, in your dad, the pastor, you should be perfect." Yeah. yeah. Now, some of you would be like, "Well, I bet you tried to be really perfect." Nope, that was the opposite. I knew I couldn't be perfect, and so I thought I would try to. Prove it. So here's how it ran down. We would go to church. Uh, my dad would be off doing his, his regular thing, and I would go to a thing called Sunday school, which basically was just a, a class of us, uh, like ages, together, and I would terrorize everything to prove that I wasn't perfect. Some examples uh, that I'm told, I really don't don't remember any of this, uh, was that at one moment during the middle of Sunday school class, I jumped up on on the table and began beating my chest, acting like the Incredible Hulk, because I'd seen it recently, and I thought, well, this will be fun. Uh, Other moments, I would grab crayons and just start throwing them at people. See, you're you're starting to get the picture already. You're horrible, right? And I I get that. Uh, That was normal. Uh, I got regularly uh, in trouble Sunday afternoon. It was it was almost predictable, and I was instigating it. And I'll never forget, uh, one Sunday afternoon, we had had lunch, and, and I had been especially bad that day. And, and someone, our, our house was right next to the church, someone rang the doorbell, and, and I was able to go to the window that was to the side to see who was coming. And it, <laughs> it was my teacher, so I knew uh, What's the best thing to hide? So so I hid, but I also wanted to overhear the conversation. My dad goes to the door, opens up the door, and, and I don't hear everything they talk about, but what I do hear is my dad call me to come to the front door. And I went. And the, you picture this. So I've got my, my teacher who I terrorized hours previously, I've got my father, who I am equally as scared of in this moment. Going, it's all done. It's over. They're gonna make, They're gonna send me off. So this is not gonna go well. And here's what my dad says: Hey, um, your teacher wants to know if you want to walk down to the park and go fly a kite together. I was like, That's it. And I, I didn't feel like I had the, like it was not an optional discussion or or it's, so, so, so I went. And I'll tell you, my, my teacher uh, didn't bring up that the events of the day or what it had preceded all those other, t- he let me know that he saw a lot in me. What I can do is now I'm 42 years old, I can tell you that story and, and my parents could even prove it. It was a major turning point in my life when someone reached out to me in the midst of my mess and said, I don't care how you're behaving, you have value and I want a relationship with you. Another story, Uh, fast forward to where Katie and I moved here to South Dakota, and, and it was great, but we didn't have any family here or, or frankly, any friends, and, and we began to get to know people, but when, you know, you get to know people, you don't really, like, thoroughly, like, trust each other that, at some certain level, and, uh, and, and we, met a, we met a couple, though, Chris and Kate, uh, that's similar age of kids and and frankly, they love the Kansas Jayhawks. I do too. And so it was like, this is, God's brought us together. This is great. And we, we well, we would have meals together and we began to bond and, and create friendships, but, but really hadn't, uh, hadn't had to depend on each other until uh, one day Katie came to, to my office. And she, she looked sick. She looked like, this, this isn't normal sick. She said, can I just lay down on, on the couch there and so she laid down on the couch and I'm like, something's up. We called the doctor, she went in for multiple tests and, and then it wasn't long that uh, we were told we had to go to the hospital, emergency appendectomy was necessary. The problem is we had a one-year-old and a six-year-old and we're like, we are new to this place. Chris and Kate. We called them, said, hey, uh, so here's what's going, going down can we drop our kids off at your house and they stay overnight? We don't know all that's going on and they gladly said yes, we're still best friends. Here's what you know, but I wanna give you words to it. The secret sauce to life is relationships. I want you thinking about that. In fact, if, if you're looking at what's going on even in our country right now, what's, what's beginning to break down and what's, what's unfolding, we're going, what's and I know there's a lot of different tiers to this, but I would tell you in your best moments, it's probably involving with other people where you were connected and thriving and it was going awesome, right? right? So you turn to the negative and we are living in a season of extreme. I'm gonna pause there, of extreme, extreme, extreme relationship poverty. I wonder, uh, frankly, uh, I wonder how many of you, as I describe some of my new friendships and things like that, maybe some of you were like, oh, I wish I had a friend like that. I wonder how many of us have felt ourselves in the panic mode where we didn't know who to go to or how to go to them. Or if you've ever just felt lonely and like, well, I, can't, I don't really have anybody I can share that with and, and, and do that with life with. Most of us, most of us have been there. We've, we've felt the, the pain of not having it and the joys of having it. And we're like, I want to have those kinds of relationships. Why don't we? Well, uh, I'm going to get, nerdy on you and and offer you my opinion what's going on in our nation right now through the pandemic and through uh, protesting and through tearing apart but some coming together here's here's my take on this and just so you know we're gonna get to acts two i told you to go there we're gonna get there but there's a point to all of this we will be there not enough empathy, though. If you want to know why things are are tearing apart, it's because I don't think the majority of us are very good at showing empathy. Oftentimes in a conversation, okay, I'll speak for myself as a husband, I'll hear, oh, Katie, you've had a bad day. Well, let me tell you how to fix that. By the way, that's not empathy. That's it, when immediately begin to fix things or explain why that happened or, or, or justify something or, or think for on behalf of the other person who hurt them, I think we, we lack, and we are not good at empathy, and perhaps even worse, there's way too much apathy. Where we feel certain things, we see things, and then the next day comes, and... Uh, we're still hungry for thriving community and relationships. This is, this is my take. I, I, I think I should preface it. This is, this is my, my take. So we are in relationship poverty. <laughs> now some of you are like, Pastor David, do you hear what you're saying, man? Like, so you should open up the church and we should get together. And you're right. We need each other open up the church I'm I'm with you I'm with you because I want us to gather I think there's power there but I'd like to stop just for a second I'm not going to spend much time here I'm, I'm not trying to start an argument with you but I don't I don't hold the same opinion that the church closed. See, many of us right now, because we're hungry for what we call fellowship, what we call community, what we call just connecting with others, we've decided, some of us, that because there aren't like in-person large gatherings of hundreds and thousands of people, that the church is closed. It is not. In fact, I could tell you, Springs Church specifically, uh, we've delivered hundreds, hundreds of meals and 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 stuff for people who couldn't get out of their houses or shouldn't get out of their houses, and, and brought it to them. Small groups have been meeting, uh, some via Zoom. Are you not tired of Zoom? I'm tired of Zoom, but they've been meeting on Zoom and and doing this this thing. And 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 other people have been like just getting online and 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 you know you're chatting. Some of you right now you're chatting and like yeah, yeah but but can we say like the church? did not close, but, but things changed. We, we moved a lot of what we were doing and how we were functioning to, to online, right? <laughs> yeah. But I know what some of you are saying. Online isn't the same. Can I get an amen? Maybe someone to yell it in your house, right? Uh, online isn't the same as in person. It's not. If you're wondering, does he know that? Ye-? I'm the one to put it on the screen. I know it, it's not the same. It never will be. There's no technology that can step in the place in line for an authentic, real relationship and community. There, there will, it will never be invented. I mean, there are some people trying. It won't happen. No technology can replace what is what is ideal. You need relationships. What's breaking down in our world is the lack of authentic powerful, encouraging relationships. And I, you might be frustrated because it's not the same online. So how are we leading as a church? I wanted to bring this up. This is important for you to know because you're like, you know, we, now, now, when is the time? This is the time. No, here's how, here's how we are leading, how, how I'm leading, if you just want to know. Uh, we're, we're leading w- with a compass, not a clock. I, would, I love clocks. I regularly have a schedule and a routine that I go through, and I love it, and I thrive. It's awesome. But sometimes in the midst of trauma, pandemics, riots, protests, angst, racism, we got to look at the compass because time doesn't fix it. In fact, let me show you... Uh, perhaps a, a picture of what some of us are wrestling with. Uh, because when you're wanting community and relationships, we want to get together with everyone. Everyone sounds awesome. That sounds great. Let's do that. Let's get together with everyone. Yeah! We have a right to. The president said we're essential, even though Jesus said it first, but we're essential, we're essential. We're, let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of you are like, no! Right? And typically, We live life on what we call pendulum, where we swing from one to the other, one to the other, and we see life as that. And I would tell you, this space here, this is where relationships happen. And if you ever find yourself desperately lonely or not knowing who to turn to or who to encourage you, who even have anybody in your life challenging you, this is the space, this environment here. We need this, we need to spend time there. So whether you like it or not, I love you. Whether you like it or not, we're looking at August as a time where the large gatherings will happen. And you're like, why, David? Because you and I need to get better at that middle part. And so uh, there's a lot of data out there that might say we shouldn't get together. There's a lot of data out there that says we should get together. Here's, here's the deal. You and I need relationships, so let's let this season teach us that. Let's get better at being friends. And so I told you we'd get to Acts. We're there now, okay. Okay, here, here. This is powerful, by the way. I made you wait. Uh, here. They devoted. They devoted. It's a big word, devoted. They didn't like, well, maybe. No, they devote. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. See, some of you are going to tune me out. Like, See, David, you sh- we need to gather for sermons and blah, blah. Okay, listen. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Yes, very true. And, and, and to fellowship. Ooh. To the breaking of bread. And to prayer. Th- that word fellowship deserves some time and Explanation. So let's, let's go nerdy here. That word, here's, here's the original word. This, is, this word for you, when you and I talk about fellowship, you might be going, I've never even heard of that word. I don't even know what that means. Uh, fellowship, it's a powerful word. At least it used to be. If you have it in your life, you know the power of it. It's more than friendship. It's more than like, hey, yeah, I think they're one of my friends on Facebook or I think we like each other on Instagram, or I, kinda, I work with that person, or I, oh yeah, I know them. I kind of know what they're like. No, 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 no. You got to go deeper than that. It, it's more than friendship. It's, it's connected by, by giving and receiving, meaning that when you're together, it's about what you give to each other and what you give to others, how you serve people, how, and, and also what you receive, the encouragement, the challenge. It's a powerful level of community and relationships. The verse tells us that they were devoted to this. Here's what I would argue, I'm gonna tell you this as a pastor. I'm not sure that our church has been fantastic at being devoted to this. I think we've been devoted to the teaching. I think we've been devoted to a lot of good things. But if you wanna know what's breaking down on our nation is we have not been devoted to true, authentic relationships. So let me say something that you know, but it's my job to tell you. Church is more than songs and sermons. It requires relationships. I know you know this, I know you know this, I know you're smart, I know you're like, oh yeah, but but we gotta start living this. I'm not trying to degrade sermons. I mean, just for a second, think how ludicrous it would be for someone who's preaching a sermon to say, "Yes, yeah, sermons are dumb. I'm not saying that. That's, that has, you guys should always listen to all the sermons. <laughs> S- like so intently, okay? But that should not be your entire relationship with God. You've heard me preach sermons that don't just let your relationship with God be one hour, but also you need to leverage that one hour. So what if you and I were to say, you know what? I'm gonna take you up on this. Fountain Springs Church has made it very public that we're looking at August at regathering with a large gathering, so that leaves two months. Two months, let that settle. That'll make you throw up for a second. So what do we do for two months? Like, how, two months, like, what do I do for the next two months? Do I do I get mad at David for not, no, 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 no. Don't, you, you can be mad at me, but but what else do you do while you're mad at me, okay? What, what else? Let's get better at having relationships. Let's get better, that don't, you can look at the national news, you can look at what's going on and complain about it and whine about it and judge politicians and this and that, but what if you and I said, you know what, well, since since they're not opening the doors the next two months, what am I going to do? I suggest you find empathy and you start showing it. You remove apathy out of your life. And we get great wisdom from some of the first churches and first writers and leaders about how to do that. Like what would it look like if you started gathering people around in your home or, or out in the park or in your driveway or, and you just started like, hey, let's just hang out. Let's just create some relationships. It might be awkward at first. How do, how do you begin to do it? What, what does it consist of? Uh, good question. I'll tell you. Uh, this is very simple. Access is given. You need to give access to your life. Some of you are like, I'm out. Because we live so privately now. You're like, "Um, I'm already out. And I get how how challenging this is, that, that you have to be willing to trust. You won't have the relationships that you want if you don't trust. You know, relationships are so powerful that God wants one with you. They're so significant. There's so such a part of life that not just we're talking about people, but God himself wants a relationship with you. And I find it fascinating that when it says to love God and love others, how so much of it applies together. And you need to be willing to give access to your life. Now, now, let me show you, because I'm not making this up. And and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Um, That's called access. They shared food. They shared stories, they shared woundings, they shared struggles, they shared fears, they shared victories, they shared celebrations. I wonder how much you're willing to give access so you can actually share with each other. How powerful would that be if you just started giving access to a group of people, to friends you might not even know, but you begin to be intentional about it? So give access. Well, let's keep moving because they kept writing. For those of you who are having trouble trusting, (laughs) here you go, imperfections are allowed. Come on, because is that not what you were afraid of? Most of us are afraid of that. We're like, yeah, if I give all access, well, then they're going to learn about such and such, or I'm going to mess up, and it's all going to be over. And you might even have your own story of that, right, where you're like, oh, I got proof. I understand. But if you don't keep trying, you're going to go to that one side where you have no one. And At some point, you're gonna say, I do not accept living in isolation. Here's what the Bible says about this. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Do you not see how pertinent this is right now? I had lunch recently with a friend who is regularly shown racism, and we both just concluded if we would just start loving each other the way Jesus loves us, problem solved. Imperfections allowed, let's move forward together. There's one other part that the Bible brings up that I think is important to talk about. Here, here, encouragement is standard. Like what do you do when we get together? Uh, do we just stare at each other? Because is that not a fear that some of us have had? I mean, <laughs> when, when you, When you think about church, when you think about, i mean, some of us have these visions like you get together, you sing an old camp song, Kumbaya, and it gets all weird and eventually everyone's crying and you're like, that was the worst experience of my life and you're like, no way. No, oftentimes it's just flat out encouragement. I know you well enough to just tell you, you like to be encouraged. Haven't met a human yet. Who doesn't want some sort of encouragement, and I bet you're fighting something. In fact, let me take you again to the Bible. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, because you got one. Uh, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against them and be strong in your faith. Remember that, ooh, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. I wonder if you'll go after this. I wonder if you have sat and stared at your phone and seen the news feed and, and different posts going, going, I want to do something. I feel like I should do something. What should I do? I don't want to be these bad people and whatever the bad. I don't want to get lost in the pandemic. What do I do? And you scroll, I don't know what to do. What, you talk to people like, I don't know what to do. What do I do? Here's what you do you find community and we'd like to help you. Why does the church even exist? It's not to help you be religious. (laughs) Why do we gather online? Why do we talk about the value of of relationships? It's because you need it and other people need it. And if you wanna see all the problems going on in this world, what do I do? Find community, begin to foster it. And you're like, well, how do I do that in a pandemic? Or is there a pandemic? Or, or and I, I want, I want to give you an example. Uh, in, in, in our church, there was a group who just flat wanted to get together, but they weren't supposed to because they were teenagers. <laughs> and and you know all this different data. Okay, maybe adults, but not teenage. No, we, you know everything got canceled. I want to show you what they did. They they got vehicles and, and backed them into a circle. Hopefully not bumping into any of them at first, but they, they backed them into a circle. And, and, they, and they would take the, the church service, right? And we're worshiping now, and they would watch it together. And then they would encourage each other, pray for each other. You can let the current situation, the current dynamic in life say, well, we can't. It's either everyone or no one. Nope. There is what I would argue more space in the middle. Powerful space in the middle. Space that most of us have been ignoring because it can hurt you, but it can also go great. It takes work. Sometimes people move away. Sometimes people wound you. I'm telling you, you wanna change this world? Show empathy to people in your community and refuse to let apathy define everything. Church, we've got to be good at this. So we're gonna spend the next two months, hopefully longer, but at least the next two months while we don't have our regular in-person gatherings, getting really good at this. So this week, show more empathy Don't be apathetic, and maybe call a person or two and say, hey, let's hang out, and just offer encouragement to each other. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I believe with all my heart that you are grieving over what you have seen, what you have witnessed, what you have heard, yet you know the solution. You know that all of our hearts, if we would just let you lead us, if you would let if you would speak into our lives in such a way, if we would open up ourselves and say, God, what do you want? How do you want us to treat people? If we would let that happen, change would happen. Hope would begin to be born. God, I pray right now for those who have tried to start friendships or groups and they've been wounded. Lord, would you help heal that? For those who don't even know who to call or, or how to reach out to someone, Lord, would you even give names to people, say, hey, I want you to call this person. I want you to text this person. For those who have given up and they're saying, I don't even know if life's worth living because I don't have anybody, God, would you stop them in their tracks and put someone, maybe one of us, into their lives? But God, we choose to be a church that feels wrecked by not being able to meet in person But God, we're going to let this wrecking mature us. So Lord, we commit to you to being better at loving others. Thank you for this opportunity, God. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.